Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The Mike Wise Show is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. The Mike Wise Show is hosted by a guy who played basketball atrociously for Hawaii Pacific College, which forced him into journalism. And, oh yeah, he wrote about basketball for the New York Times, the Washington Post, and ESPN. He's also a wise-ass, and so are many of his guests. Right, Mike? Thanks, Darlene. Cassidy Hubberth has done a little bit of everything in her years at ESPN. From NBA Tonight and NBA Coast to Coast, she has gone on to host Countdown, The Jump, Hoopstream, Center and the College Football Studio on ABC. She's worked on the ESPYs and handled sideline reporting for the NBA on ESPN. She's also been killing it, patrolling the sidelines in the Orlando bubble. And she's also the mom of a beautiful daughter whose next birthday will be her second. And according to our producer, Cass is one of the five greatest living Americans. Is that too much of a buildup, Miss Cassidy Hubbard? I'm not worthy, I'm not worthy. I don't know. Oh, stop. Stop. Stop it. Just just keep 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 it up. I, we could do the whole 30 minutes on that. You wanna, <laughs> hey, so the last go ahead. I was a young eight-year-old watching Michael Jordan win championship. <laughs> well, but the the coolest thing is the last time I think I saw you in person was at Allen Iverson's Hall of Fame induction. I don't know if oh you remember. Gosh. Maybe maybe it was after that. But either way, um, it was a great night. Uh, I think Shaq got inducted that night, uh, uh-huh. Yao Ming. It was just, it was one of those great nights. And, you know, pardon my ignorance, I had no idea you were a mom. That's crazy. Oh, yes. Um, I, I, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm pretty private about my private life, but yeah. like, um, yeah, I became a mom almost, like you said, almost two years ago. Um, and it's uh, changed my life, you know, for all the things. As you know, as a parent, it yeah. is feel all the feelings all of the time and i'm six weeks here into the bubble so i am missing her um desperately right now well that's what i was gonna say um when i spoke with um howard uh back recently about it and i i said you know some of these players are talking about the mental health aspect of being away so long and i thought for someone that's away from their child who you don't get to see for six weeks and they grow so much during that time that must be torture inside. You can do FaceTime all you want, having been away at the Olympics before and, and seen my two-year-old or my four-year-old, and I, and, but it's not the same. It's just I, not. I, I, this bubble would not have survived um, or been as successful if it weren't for FaceTime, but have you ever tried to FaceTime a toddler? <laughs> like it's the worst. Yeah, yeah. They, got way, they got worse ADD than I do as an adult. <laughs> no part of it right. and so I need to get home ASAP um, before she you know starts calling the nanny mama but I will say I've been really triggered lately seeing all these kids around you know like Fred Van Vliet's kids and yeah. like, you know um, the, the, JaVale so at no point will the powers that be at Disney uh, say hey 
Cassie, we'll, we'll have a little daycare for you. We're going to bring your little one in. Or do you even want to go there now that, you know, what, what, where are you on that? Yeah, there's, I just I just hope I don't grab one of Fred's kids and, and hug them <laughs> because that's probably a no-no. But, you know, it's actually a very big point of contention right now because, you know, not even to get into the media, the media is never going to be considered to allow their family here. Um, but coaches have been speaking up, you know, so, so players are allowed to bring um, family and more than one family member. Whereas coaches, you heard Mike Malone, you know, yeah. have his plea where he was emotional about, and he called it criminal. I don't know if I would go as far as saying it's criminal, but it's, you know, it, it's, it's not right that um, these coaches who have to perform as much as the players do uh, don't get to have loved ones. And so the NBA recently at the beginning of this week sent out a memo that each team can have 10 family members, but no more. So you're talking about a staff of 25 to 27 people. Um, and what I've been hearing is just a lot of tension around that because it puts a lot of, um, pressure on leadership, whether it be the GMs or the coaches, to decide who, which one of their staff members is allowed to bring a, a family member. And it's not just, it's not just, hey, you can bring, you know, your family. It's you can bring one person. So it's well, ten, well, ten person, ten people per per employer, ten person, so ten people per team, ten people per team for the oh, for the staff front office. And, and, and the coaches. And so what you're talking about, like, so not only do the coaches and so what I'm hearing from some GMs, it's like, wh who am I, what, what, what's it going to look like? And what kind of message is it going to send if I bring my wife here and then my assistant or my security guard or the training staff can't bring their, their, their spouse or loved one. And so it's creating a lot, creating a lot of tension right now. And, you know, Brad Stevens has been very vocal about um, not having his family here. And he, you, you can tell every single chance he has, he's been saying, I want my family here. And he says he's been talking to the NBA about it since May. Um, so it's, look, it, it, you're right. And we're hearing a lot about, you know, mental health. Obviously, um, you know, it's, it's a big topic in sports right now because of what Dak Prescott said. But it, mm. it, it, I think a lot of these conversations in the bubble um, have been happening, you know, off of what Paul George said, the isolation, here it's it's not easy um in, in this uh, no, I, I don't i don't envy i'm sorry I cut you off go ahead no that's it. That, that that's pretty much what i wanted to say it's just it's just uh you know, like for these players and a lot mm. of people say hey you make millions of dollars like suck it up they're still human and yeah, you know i've had conversations with even lebron james and how he's so used to chaos around him the pressure the distractions mm. and that's part of how these players deal with the extreme pressures of the playoffs and performing is having a loved one to go home to, or even just like a crowd to kind of drown out the noise that's in your head. But these guys are like, like all of us, they are, it, we are just in this groundhog day where it's, it's, you know, practice games, back to our rooms by ourselves and unfortunately looking at our phones. Mm. You know, I made a mistake. I accidentally called Luka Doncic uh, 19 years old instead of 21. And the, the Mavs hive came at me and I'm like, you know, 3 a.m. being like, <laughs> I didn't mean to, I just made a mistake. And so I'm not such a small level, um, you know, can't imagine like 
what Paul George went through that time when he was in that shoot shooting slump. And I saw it, I saw it on his face and I talked to him about it. And he says, just, it's just not the same without fans and without the distraction and without the, the chaos to kind of snap your mind out of, um, you know, kind of being hard on yourself. I think it's not, I wouldn't say criminal, but aside from being a, a service person overseas, yeah. I, it just feels wrong I, because even in these times of COVID, it, it's still, you're quarantining your family, not from the virus, but their own family. And I yeah. just feel, I, I feel that's, I feel it's wrong. And I understand that's well, part of the NBA's business model. That was, that's what had to happen. But at some point, you know, the, the NBA could almost make their, you know, how they, they have these um, incredible commercials or moments at games, especially NFL games where, um, someone's on the court and they're, they're whisk around and all of a sudden their, their dad from Iraq shows up the court side. You're going to have that with NBA players. You know, you, where do you, you, your husband will show up from Bristol. It'll be like a moment for the, the, the cameras. Yes. Yes, exactly. I, here's the thing. Um, it, what it comes down to is we're about uh, a month away from, you know, crowning a champion. And we're already two months into this. So, you know, the NBA is going to be extra cautious. Um, and, you know, we've already had some violations from some players. We're dealing with something with, with Daniel House right now. So, like, I understand the NBA's stance as to why they're being this over. None of this is perfect. This is, this is the making the best out of a bad situation. Um, but what if the I, NBA... Yeah, but what the NBA is showing is that, you know, it, it's better to be safe than sorry. And it's just unfortunate because it is a lot. And then on top of that, they're trying to get this done and over with. So it's been grueling um, every other day that these players are playing games. Um, so, you know, that's also kind of like feeding into the monotony of, um, you know, life here in the bubble. I'm still shocked that if I was an NBPA lawyer, I'm still shocked that they did not have a clause put in the agreement, which allowed hoochie mamas into the bubble. Oh my God. They could meet them. Why? At the, I'm, okay. I'm just, it, it, um, yeah. Um, Bruce is really good about um, edit, editing me out um, at times I'm trying to break the ice. Well, here's the thing. Players are allowed to bring partners or spouses. There are some players here who have girlfriends, but the thing is, is that like people also have lives, you know, I, there's some people who, yeah. for instance, Chris Paul, when I talked to him, I go, I asked him when he was still, when the Thunder were still in it, I said, are your, is your family coming? He goes, no, my kids are in school. So there's a lot of like, as much as mm. people want to bring some family members or, you know, or some, some people may have work, um, some spouses and partners. So like real life here, it's, it's a big commitment because it's not just, Hey, I'm popping over to Orlando for a weekend. You have to, when all these guests have to quarantine for seven days, mm. and so, like Dennis Schroeder's wife, uh, an absolute saint because she quarantined for seven days with an 18 month old and a one month old. And when you explain quarantine, you're talking, if they, they have to be in the room, they don't leave the room. Can't leave. And then being served food, um, you know, from the hotel. So I don't know how, the, and she, you want to know the, 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 the awful thing about this? And, and yeah. it just deserves the, the wife of the year. She only was out of quarantine and got to see one, day, one game and then had to go because they got bounced. So she quarantined for seven days 
Wow. Nada, she couldn't even come to the game because she has oh by the way a one month old <laughs> and an 18 yeah. month and um but look uh you know that's 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 true love right there <laughs> i i blame it all on uh, chris paul really <laughs> no. well, actually that, it was kind of cool to see him play for the first time in really you know september i never saw him play in june that was the first time i got to play and see him play in september yeah. um, well, <laughs> what well, anyone playing in a playoff game. Well, this is true. Yeah, I always say like the person who uh, wins that wins it all is going to be like Mr. October. Um, you're in the green zone, which is the yeah. most tightly controlled um, yeah. since you have direct contact with the players and coaches. I know you've talked about it a little bit, but how restricted are your movements when you're not doing a game? So here's the thing, because I'm media. Mm -hmm. um, and I am on the same campus as the Grand Destino, which is where the everyone but the Rockets are. The Rockets mm -hmm. are still at the Grand Floridian. And they're going to move over if they advance past the Lakers. Not um, <laughs> they they would move to the Grand Destino, which is would be um, a, really annoying to think about because they've pretty much been settled in their rooms for two months and they would have to the blazers had to do that and they behind the scenes were complaining how much of a headache that was and then they you know obviously they fizzled out um against the lakers in games uh two through five um because it's a lot i mean i've moved in here i i'm, I'm in yeah. my room right now it took me six hours to move into <laughs> this place um and i'm i'm like tr i'm i'm not looking forward to what it's going to be like to to pack up and leave um you don't well, have I, someone to do that for you no no one's allowed in my room <laughs> um <laughs> that's, that's, so that's that's another thing i would have got written into my contract I, yeah no one's allowed in your rooms um all the staff members you know, they have to keep a safe distance from us. They're all in face shields and masks because they leave the campus. I mean, they get tested every day, but they, they leave and come back um, in Florida. So, you know, there's well, that. And then, um, as far as like, so I said I'm on the Grand Destino, so we share the campus with players. So because of that, the NBA put in a lot of restrictions on where we're allowed to go. And so it's, you know, there's there's really not that many places that media is allowed to go here on this campus. Um, we have one little restaurant area and they just like opened up a bar area, but there's this restaurant across um, a bridge called the Three Bridges Restaurant that, you know, looks so nice. I look at it like it's like Nobu or Carbone, like this, <laughs> like this restaurant that is like five star Michelin, just because I can't go to it. Okay, right. <laughs> It's the toy in the window during yes, Christmas. Exactly. You're never so, going to see it. Right. I can't um, go there. I can't run around. I can't go to, there's a, like a player's pool, which obviously we have our own. Pool, yeah. Which I don't go to. There's um, a gym, but there's a sign up sheet for the gym, and only three people are allowed in it at a time. And the sign up sheet is always full. So I don't go to the uh, gym either. Um, so it's just, there's a lot of restrictions, but look, the NBA is doing, um, you know, such a good job at, and making this thing work. So I mean, the fact that the season's going to, it looks like it's going to come to a completion yeah. without and, an interruption yeah. is just a shock, uh, other than the protests. I, you know, I, I think it's incredible and it's, um, as much problems as I had with it sort of being uh hermetically sealed off from real life and all the problems with the covid 
facing the Orlando area right now. It's, it's provided a service and it's, I've gotten into it and a lot of people have gotten into it and obviously network uh, partnerships are being fulfilled. I, when I was, uh, back when I was covering, shoot, eons ago, the Knicks on a beat basis or anytime I was writing a column for the Post or the Times or even ESPN, we always bonded with the, not so much our bosses, people in the office because we didn't see them as much. We bonded with people that we traveled with and they often were our competitors. Do you find yourself hanging out with Stephanie, Rebecca Harlow, Malika Andrews, Jared Greenberg, that crew um, while you're there or is that, or, or is that even off limits? Well, definitely Malika, since I, you know, work with her um, yeah. at ESPN and, you know, our whole crew down here. So it's me in tier one, that is. It's me, it's Woj, Mark Spears, Malika. Oh, yeah. And um, our, we have a producer named Melinda and um, a, a guy who was working with me named Raj for the most part, and he just left. And then um, Andrea has just come in to um, take over, and she's going to be working a lot with Rachel Nichols, who's in quarantine right now, um, who's going to be doing the Eastern Conference Finals and finals on the sidelines and, of course, the jump. So um, our little family, like, we have to communicate every day as far as, you know, how are we going to attack the day as practices, live shots, all of that. So we're a very close-knit group. Um, I entered quarantine with Rebecca, and I've known Rebecca for a really long time, and she's just, she's the best. She's such a sweetheart, and we really helped each other, um, you know, kind of get accustomed to the lay of the land here. Yeah. And, you know, we would pick up each other's packages from the package room and, you know, kind of talk to each other about certain things that happened in practices that we, you know, didn't do. But as far as like, not to like bring out my tiny, tiny violin, I just haven't had time to hang out with Smallest people. In the world. Yes. I, I've worked every 9 p.m. game, um, you know, since being here. And my first couple of weeks, I was having sometimes two games a day, which um, is no, still- you were Still back on that, like to do two regular season games in a day is crazy. Like I'm used to doing maybe a summer league game. That's a summer league game. I was doing two playoff games a day. So it's just been, it's been, a, you know, it's been nonstop. It's been an amazing, rewarding situation um, yeah. in so many ways, but it, I haven't really had a lot of time to kick back and, right. and relax and catch up with people. I catch up with people at games, of course, all those people, Jared as well. I think that it's people hear you saying that and in real world, the, the downloaders and the listeners and they'll go, Oh my gosh, she's, I know, but, but I like know. I used to do this about the Olympics. I would never say, I would never say it publicly, but the Olympics was, was the, I've covered seven Olympics. It's the greatest thing I'll ever cover in my life because of all the emotion, everything that happens in the Olympics. And, and if you don't cry as a reporter at the Olympics, you're, you're not human. You need a heart transplant, but when you tell people you're away from your family for three weeks and I had to go to the Olympics, they go, oh, too bad for you. Well, yeah. actually, no, you weren't, you're working. You're actually working your butt off and you're trying to get your, you're, you're trying to get your company's money's worth for one. And two, in this situation, it's such a unique thing. I can't even, I mean, you know, put, putting aside the lifestyle issues, um, how is the performance of your job different than it was during the, to this person who I'm doing a podcast. Yes. The fact that that's your ringtone is amazing. Oh, you like, you like the, uh, eye of the tiger. Yeah. I, I, uh, it, 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 gotta, me like it makes me work out. Um, 
<laughs> but, but at any rate, yeah, I, I, like people don't understand. I, what I was going to ask you is, is the performance of your job different than it was during normal pre-COVID games? Um, well, to your point, you know, about like the listeners, you know, probably being like, wah, wah, wah. Right. Um, it's, you know, it could be both things. I, I am so fortunate and grateful sure. I've had this opportunity, but it's, it's, it's been um, challenging in, in many ways. And, you know, on, on the court, it, just the social distance interviews and breathing through a mask. I had to do a stand-up yesterday and I was embarrassed because I, I had to do multiple takes because my breathing was all off. Um, and I couldn't get through, it was like a, a minute 30 of just talking. Um, and it just, you know, it's just learning and adjusting how to project on air while talking through a mask. Um, and also some of these coaches, like, yes, they're no fan. NBA has done such a great job of pumping in sound um, to, to create some energy for um, these players. And when I do my, you know, between quarter interviews with the coaches, there are times where they don't turn the music down and I'm like six feet away from the coaches and these poor coaches are like, huh, <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> like, mm. So, um, you know, that's a little challenging just so like it was, there's some points where they, you know, they just can't hear me. And then some of the players at the end have said to me, it's just so weird talking to someone so far away. Yeah. Um, but I will say overall, like uh, no complaints about my access. Like I was worried because of all the rules and regulation, I wasn't gonna, you know, be able to have a lot of access because, you know, they were saying you can't do a lot of walk-and talks, which is kind of like the the heart of, um, you know, reporting is to be able to get some some moments, mm -hmm. uh, talk to these guys one on one. But it like it's been the opposite. I mean, I've this has been typically when I do games outside the bubble, I fly in to a city. Okay. And so I'll fly in the day before, try to catch a practice if they don't have a back-to-back -back, or I'll go to the shoot around in the morning. And then a lot of these teams don't do shoot arounds anymore. Um, it's like the, the age of the, you know, load management, but in this <laughs> environment to be, to have all these teams in one space, there were days early on when I was doing, you know, two games in a day where, you know, I was going to four or five practices in one day um, and just being able to not only gather information, but have those players see me, have those coaches see me be, you know, become familiar with them, them understanding that I'm going to be covering their game. Mm -hmm. Like that's, that's invaluable to a reporter. And I don't need to tell you that. So no, um, right. it's been as, as much as like these inconveniences have, um, you know, been something to adjust to. It's certainly been uh, incredibly rewarding. And, you know, my whole goal going into this situation was if I don't come out of it, a better um, reporter and who, you know, has built my network and my relationships. And I just, I just wasted six weeks of my life. Well, and I think I, you're in a, it's a bonding situation too, where yeah. you're, it, I, I liken it to, and probably not like this, but I, when I wrote Shaq's autobiography and I spent 10 days with him in Orlando, I, I will never get those days, you know, I would never want to take those days back because I get to know him like few people did. And it's the same way, like, are you, you're not covering someone in their element as much as bullshitting with them and getting the vibe of the uh, vibe of who they are and what they're about. And people will remember your face and the conversations they had with you 10 years from now when you're 
running the network, and they'll go, I remember Cassidy Wynn when she was just a sideline reporter. Just last night. Yeah, that's true. That's Last night, I got some time with LeBron after he, because after every single um, press conference, he waits for Anthony Davis. So he waits for him. If Anthony Davis waits for LeBron, if he's doing the walk-off and and vice versa, and then when they do the media scrum, which is not really a scrum anymore, he waits off to the side. There's no, and typically LeBron is surrounded by millions of people, just whether it be his, his friends, his, his agent, his, you know, his, his business partners, whatever. But in this environment, he's not, he's just, so last night he was just sitting there Mm -hmm. waiting for Anthony Davis, eating grapes. And so I went over to him and was able to have a conversation about, you know, how he prepares his body and like, I would never get that opportunity in any other environment. So, um, you know, that will, that will be something that I, I'll probably cherish for the rest of my career. Oh. With one of the greatest of all time. And you know what? He'll remember it too, because you probably asked some good questions. You had a conversation. I found the, the, the more famous guys get, the more they want to be treated like people. And, yeah. and the more people that put them on a pedestal, they're just kind of, you know, especially someone that's, that's mature and self-aware and, life experience like LeBron, he's probably like, you know what, I, I'm a great, I'm, I am one of the great, I am maybe the greatest basketball player of all time. In fact, I was going to bring this up. Bruce and I feel like, and I covered Jordan in his prime, and I know you'll never say this because you are a Bulls fan. You're the pride of Evanston Township High School. I believe in 2002, while I was still at the New York Times, you won a freaking state soccer championship. Oh, look at that. You, well, you, uh, oh, who, who knows their Wikipedia now, huh, sister? <laughs> yeah. And, um, but no, I, you know, and I, I think that, um, I think that based on your, you know, you're, you're a Chicago woman through and through in that area. And I think, um, it'd be hard for you to go there. And I saw Jordan, but my feeling is nobody will be more spectacular, but I look at the greatest of all time, longevity, the, the, the be able to play. I mean, Jordan's final year of real greatness was his 35th year. He played two more years with the wizards and, there, it was kind of a creaky need veteran who had a couple great moments and was still Michael at times, but but his great LeBron I think can be great until he's thirty eight and, um, and with the way he's going and and maybe he'll have a slip off in two years, but I just he's just such a and I look at if, if anybody and I, may, I guess you could say this about Kawhi Leonard too if anybody wins hey would you guys keep it down I'm trying to have a podcast um, um, if, if anybody has a a claim to greatest player of all time. It's got to be somebody that's won three championships as the alpha male with three different organizations. Do you agree? I, um, I, I know you're not going to. No, okay. look, this is how I view the Jordan versus LeBron debate. Okay. Um, there were times early on, obviously, that I said, you know, it's, it's Jordan bar none. But, of course... LeBron deserves to be in the conversation. There's no doubt about it. And I think that conversation, why can't it just be now that they are both great? And to me, Jordan just won't be knocked off of of the pedestal of goatness because of what he established. (laughs) The pedestal of goatness. We got to patent that. Yes, because what he established for the superstar, he created the superstar international superstar and expanded the NBA uh, in ways that, you know, no one had. 
and created these lanes to be personal brands for NBA players today. So I just think that fact alone um, just cements him there. Um, and then, but, but at the same time, like I am not by any means denying how LeBron has evolved that position of being a superstar, being the face of the league and being more than an athlete. And what he's done off the court um, cements him on the pedestal of goatness as well. So I, you know, I just think LeBron deserves all the flowers. And, you know, if we're talking about personal achievements, I think his, you know, the amount of times he's been to the NBA finals, even though he he's lost some is as, as great as a, a accomplishment as like winning six titles. I I've never held the losses against him given he got to that pinnacle yeah. time and time again. So to me, I find that to be incredibly impressive and some of the teams he dragged along with him. And if you think about the performances he had in those finals um, and just looking at him today, I mean, he's 35, I'm a year older than him and I can barely do the elliptical for 30 minutes. And this man is, you know, working out after these games. I'm just kidding. I can do the elliptical for 30 minutes. I'm just, wait. I'm just saying. <laughs> wait, wait, let's backtrack. Yes. You're 36 years old. Yes. Asian don't raisin. Uh, oh. My... <laughs> oh man. Well, once you go I'm Caucasian, well, well, once you go white, you look like graphite. <laughs> okay. You pulled that out. Yeah, I did. I just pulled that out. Um, but I, yeah, no, you're <laughs> uh, growing up in Hawaii. I, I'm really um, familiar with sort of that culture. And, you know, in my little community of Eva Beach, I was a minority. And it was like the great, everybody should be on the other side of the fence once in their life. And some of my, um, uh, some of the people I'm still in touch with um, are really good friends, happen to be Filipino. I, yeah. Whenever someone gives me that pancit or the lumpia, Pansi, yeah, lumpia or lumpia, oh. oh my god, with a little vinegar sauce, it's like the uh, best it's thing there with. is. It's over with. Your, your mom, was, is your mom who is Filipino or your dad? I was just talking to someone about how you know, because we the question that everyone asks, it's like it it does sometimes feel like we talk, we're talking like we're in jail or something, which couldn't be further from the truth. We're in actually a fantasy land of basketball, which is amazing. But it was like people always ask, so so what do you get? What's the first thing you have when you get on the outside, <laughs> you know, to eat? Because the food here is repetitive. I mean, yeah. it does a great job, but it's very repetitive. Um, and you know, having some lumpia, oh, uh, like on a on a holiday when my family will put out the lumpia first, and you're waiting for the uh, main. Course, like I would crush like fifty of those things. Do they make them with the little red sauce with the vinegar red sauce? Yeah. Oh. God, that thing is so good. I used it's to. Delicious. Or like, uh, what are the? They have those. Pork, pork what, what can you oh, pork. What about like those invisible noodles? What do they call them? Yeah, that's a well. That's pancit. Yeah. That's oh, that a, is pancit. Okay. Yeah, that's a good luck uh, dish. Yeah. You know, and, birthday or you know whenever you're trying to celebrate something. Yeah, that's great. That's great. And your um, so your 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 mother's side is German. Um, so my mom and, is. My mom is, was born and raised in the Philippines. My dad's German-Irish. Oh, German-Irish. And I, I want to say, what part of Germany is his family from? I don't know, honestly. Because oh. my mom was from... He's, he's, he was far, Michigan, that part of Germany. Yeah, yeah. And, and, <laughs> and you're, uh, uh, you went to the University of Illinois, and then you got a Bachelor of Science from the Medill School of Journalism at Northwestern University. And Michael Wilpon vouched for you, and you got a job at ESPN. 
Is there anything that would happen? Um, no, <laughs> Wilbon didn't vouch for me. I know he didn't. Much you later. worked your way up. You paid your dues. Much I saw. Later. I saw your resume. Much later. Yeah. That, yes, the Medill Mafia is strong, though. Yeah, it is. It's nice. Mess with us. Yeah, I like that. Uh, a real quick lightning round before we let uh, Cassidy Hubberth go. I have to say, are you creeped out by the virtual fans at all? No, I think it's incredible. Really? I, they feel, I, I have nightmares of them popping up in my in my dreams. No, no. I think, like, that's it's crazy what the NBA has been able to do. And they yeah. put together in two, like in two months to be able to get that technology and to allow fans to be at someone. And I think it's kind of cool when they have celebrities pop in there and they're they're watching games. Like, yeah. I mean. Uh, there's no, there's no aspect of Big Brother. It's just it's 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 fun. I, I think it would you know, the environment would be worse yeah. if there wasn't at least some sort of fan um, interaction because yeah. it added an extra layer of um, atmosphere. So not to play Debbie Downer there, but yeah. Yeah, no, it's that, that that works. You don't have to agree with everything. I like when you uh, when you disagree with me. It makes for more. Like I had Jason Whitlock on. He hates me now. He won't actually call me again, and it's okay um, because um, I've written him off. But you, <laughs> one of the reasons I had you on is not just because I feel like we share a lot of the same values in life. Knowing what I do about you from our mutual friend Om Young Mi Suk. Um, yeah, Om is such a good guy. Um, and but I, you know, I want to. I wanted to ask you: Have you, how have you felt about the various social justice initiatives the league and the players have collaborated on? Because we that became the show for a couple of weeks. And I, whether it was Roger Mason Jr. coming on or Garrett Temple, everybody was. It was just so they were just so real on honest about it. Yeah, I mean, it was palpable here, um, and I will tell you that I've heard for a number of players who. Hmm started packing um, after that Wednesday night meeting and being on campus here and feeling the anger, the sadness, um, the disappointment, the just the tension um, of, of playing and distracting from, from what they thought was distracting from the message um, mm. and, you know, just how painful it was to watch that video of Jacob Blake. So, you know, I, I, I do feel like it was starting to, to reach a boiling point even before that video was released. I think players were, you know, I think their the mental health aspect was starting to catch up to some guys, you know, it, it, they'd been here for um, like close to a month and a half, if not more. Um, and it was, it was getting really, really, intense because the playoffs had started so that first week of playoffs of games every other day um you know i think was starting to get to some guys and then you know when the video came out it just it, i think it just everything came to a head where people started questioning like why are we here like why are we making these sacrifices why are we distracting from this movement and i think that's why that meeting on wednesday night was so contentious because people were so raw and the players were feeling so much and so it's so impressive what they were able to accomplish in 48 hours and not just the leadership of 
um, Chris Paul and LeBron James, but just even I heard like some of the rookies like did PowerPoint presentations during that that meeting, and no one knew that meeting was going to happen on that Wednesday night because no one knew the Bucks were going to boycott that game. So for them to have not only gathered and figured out that all the players needed to meet at eight, get all their frustrations out that night, then yeah. come back the next morning, decide they're going to have a call with the owners and then have a plan of actionable items on Thursday to get back to work. It just was, it, it, I mean, it was just an example of the heart of this league and the, the commitment to being more than an athlete in this league and it's just, I'm proud to be a part of, um, a small part of the NBA and to help those guys get that message out. I think it's awesome. So the renaissance of social conscience among athletes has just been one of the most incredible things. And, and, um, and, and anybody that says otherwise, um, like this isn't a left right thing. It's not an independent Democrat, Republican. It's a, it's, it's a human thing. And I think people, irrespective of whether you, you disagree or don't disagree, or you disagree or agree with Black Lives Matter, any of that, any of the movements, you should respect people's right to be, have, have conviction about it beyond, you know, they, they're using the game for more than just wealth and fame. And that's what, that's what we all should be doing in our professions and our careers, you know? It's, it's leaving the next generation, your kids, my kids, to something better. All right, two more real quick. Fishing. Have you caught a fish yet? I heard it's really easy to catch fish there. Or you just don't like fishing. I just, I, again, you're, I'm like, wow, wow, wow. I haven't had time to go fishing. Uh, <laughs> like I'm going for a day. <laughs> I guess you're, you're, you're like, you know the other thing is, is like, I have these nine o'clock games. I'm not falling asleep until four or five. And this is what some of these players are talking about too. It's hard to fall asleep after a 9 p.m. game and I'm not walking out of the arena until 1 30 and then you know you're all but yeah you need something to eat and your butt and you got that at eight o'clock because I need that energy to perform and so it's just threw me out of whack so I kind of try to sleep in and then I got as soon as I wake up I got to go to practices so I haven't you know fished yet I don't really have a desire honestly um Mm. fish it would be nice to go on the boat and in the water and feel human again, but I'm, I'm leaving here soon. So, um, I will. No, you're not actually. And I, and I can't, and I don't, this is the one thing I'm breaking some news to you on. I look, I like Rachel Nichols. She's a good person and everything. I I've purposely, uh, put some weird diuretic in her food and she is not going to make it through quarantine. And you will prob- you and Malika will probably be getting extra shifts. I just want to let you know this before. And, are you okay with that? And they're going to need to talk to uh, my husband. They're going to have to hear <laughs> And your daughter. He's already, he's already saying, well, you better, because it all depends on what happens in these games this weekend. So um, let's just say uh, in my household, there's, there's, there's some cheering going on for particular teams. I'll just put it that way. All right. Okay, I, I, I get it. Um, lastly, I believe that, I don't know why, I just feel like LeBron is going to win another title this year and that essentially the Clippers-Lakers Western Conference final, if it comes to pass, will be like the NBA championship in many ways. Um, I could be wrong. The Celtics look very good some nights. Who knows about Toronto now? Um, and certainly Miami, a Miami uh, LA final would be great. The hottest team in the bubble. What? They're the hottest team in the bubble, the Miami Heat. Oh, yeah, they are. No, they are. And Spolster, you know, Eric Spolster is going to the Hall of Fame 
before this tournament, but now it's it's a it's a it's 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 a first ballot cinch. But I um I don't know. I just feel like LeBron is going to find a way against Kawhi and Paul George. I might be wrong, but uh, your thoughts? So if you had a prediction, um, I think I never um, bet against LeBron. Yeah, I like that. I uh, but Clippers are just but they're so talented. Clippers, you like the Clippers? The Clippers just have so much talent on them. Their depth is much better. And Doc is just being around him, especially going back to you know the the week of the pause. He just he's just such an inspiring leader. Um, and you know, if he can get, I know there's been a lot of chemistry issues with this Clippers team, but I can see them kind of figuring it out against the Lakers. Cause the big, big issue with both those teams is sometimes they check out. And when we yeah. saw in Thursday night's game, like the Lakers had a huge lead and they just like took their foot off the gas because, you know, they, they rest on their laurels and rest on how much talent they do have. But I just find like that. That series, if it happens between the Clippers and Lakers, um, could go down as one of the best um, oh. playoff series that, you know. Of all time. Seen. I think it's got like, Yeah. No, I like, think it's like Kings-Lakers in 2002 yeah. or something. The, the Western Conference, there, there's so many, you know, the, the shoot, the, the, the Warriors and the Cavs in 2016. I mean, it's, there's so yeah. many, um, there's yeah, so many exactly. things. Yes, but like even then, even the Warriors and Cavs, like I know Kyrie, but like let's just, I mean, Anthony Davis is the, the most talented guy LeBron has had on this team. Oh, by far. I so, mean, he's no, he's no Anderson Verajo, Verajo, but you know, he's, he's, up there. <laughs> he's up there. Exactly. <laughs> um, and he has, you know, Deion Waiters again, but um, this is true. Uh, yeah, I just, it's just going to be him versus Kawhi, like those two guys going at it, like Kawhi, the closest thing to, to as far as like how Jordan played his game, yeah. you know, just, uh, just a surgeon from mid range um, and defensively. I just, I think it's going to be quite the, quite the battle Royale. I think you're right. Um, before I let you go, this is my daughter, Margo. Can you see Hi, her? Margo. Oh my goodness. Margo is, Margo is two, two and a half. She'll be three in January. And um, if you had one message to send to your daughter um, on this podcast, because I know she's going to listen to it all, what, what would you say? I carried you for nine months. Don't you forget I'm your mama. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh, man. Well, well, all good things. Much gratitude. And, and this was great. And, and the biggest thing is, yeah, I really, for all the great work you've done, I can't wait to, I wish I could see your face when you got back home to see your husband and, uh, and daughter, because that's going to be a great moment. Yeah, that, I'm, I'm, I can't even imagine what that first hug's going to feel like. So thank yeah. you so much for having me on and the kind words. That was dope. It's time to wrap things up for this week. Thank you very much to our guest, Cassidy Hubbard of ESPN, who's doing great work on the sidelines in the Orlando bubble. Thanks also to Cassidy's pal and my producer, Bruce Bernstein, as well as our talented editor, Tom Phillip. Please listen to all our Pure Hoops media shows. Full Court Press with Fanta and Adams comes your way each Tuesday with the best college basketball guests anywhere. Catch and Shoot 2.0 with Otto Strong and Aaron Berlin is here each Wednesday. And Buckets, Boards, and Blocks with Monica McNutt and King McClure drop in every Thursday. 
And you know about B.J. Armstrong and Eric Newman. They're here every Friday with the Pure Hoops podcast. And I'm back next Monday with the Mike Wise Show. Please listen, review us, and leave a five-star rating. And now for my weekly sermon. On the hills of Golgotha. Nah, actually. COVID-19 is still with us, though. So please wear your mask, wash your hands, and stay at least six feet away from others. And please treat everyone around you, even strangers, as friends, and be considerate of them. And don't forget to keep our medical professionals in your thoughts. They're still working hard every day to save lives. Also, we need all of you to continue working for social justice as we strive for a more just and inclusive society. So please do your part. Till next week, aloha. The Mike Wise Show used to be called The Wise Ass Show, but it remains a presentation of Pure Hoops Media.